welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 8 of Not Quite the Afterglow. My name's Richard. And I'm Chloe. And this weekend we're celebrating our fifth wedding anniversary. We are indeed. I uh, mentioned in one of our podcasts previously how we were almost at five years of marriage. And then, you know, we've managed to make it through that last couple of weeks to hit that five years. Was it that close a thing? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if we can make it to the end of the day. Ha 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 ha. Right. Okay. Well, look, five years of marriage. What's what's changed, do you think, in five years? Um, Apart from children. Well, we look old. We do look old, but I prefer you looking older than when I married you. Yeah, so I know you do. I think um, I, w- I was saying about this the other day. It was Einstein said something about marriage. I think he was married a few times, mind. But he said something along the lines of, you know, a man marries a woman thinking that she won't change and a woman marries a man thinking that he will. Um, but I have to say, I think... I think everyone changes when they get married. I never thought I'd get married, so for me it's quite a big deal. I really never thought I would get married. I don't know I've, I don't know whether I did or or whether I didn't really, but I can remember I remember being very sort of nervous. I, you know, we already had a child together before we got married. We did. You know, obviously deliberately that... I want to say we didn't get married because we had a child. We No, no. We were engaged. We were engaged. In fact, in fact, we announced we over, to your mum. We, we announced to your mum that we were getting married. Oh, and you can't have any champagne because you were pregnant. And I, I didn't want people to think it was a shotgun engagement because it really was. And we were moving house. And we were moving house. Let's get all three out in the same breath. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can remember, you know, obviously we had a child, that is a very big commitment, that does tie you to somebody else, you know, for at least 18 years, but but really for <laughs> the rest necessarily, of your life. Not necessarily. Well, no, but for the rest of your life. And uh, I just remember, you know, on the day when we were getting married and you're having to sign all these bits of paperwork and they do the pre-interview and everything like that and just thinking like, oh my God, this is, this is like a really big deal. This is like this big, serious legal thing which, you know, you're kind of signing your life away as such, although, to, to be fair... But to I, it, I still think I had the coolest occupation on the marriage certificate, the marriage registrar. Because you, it's... What did yours say? A health promotion specialist or something. And mine said intelligence officer, which is really cool. People can go back through the thing. Intelligence officer. It sounded really cool at the time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess to a point, you could probably just put about anything on there because I don't. It's not like you have to really prove that's your occupation. No, but I was, so I could I could get away with it. But also, I I think the one of the cool things about the wedding was the fact that um, we had a special four legged furry guest at our wedding. And well, you're you're a two legged furry guest. I was yeah. I was your, I was I had to be there. I was marrying you. I'm talking about the dog. Yes, we did have our dog with us, but not as a, a ring bearer or anything. No, just no, no. There. Our, young, our, our eldest child was the ring bearer. Yes, um, but yeah, we did. We were very fortunate. We could have the dog there when we got married. She was part of our family at that time. I miss so, her terribly. So actually. why why not have her there on our special day? And all the wedding photos. There's the dog. Yes. And on the top of the cake. My favourite is. Um, Actually, both of us have got a picture 
you know, on our own with the dog where she's trying to lick our faces. And I, I always think of it as uh, one of those things where you see on a headline, like, well, we, I we, married we, my we, dog. We had just signed the wedding registrar and there's the dog licking our faces just after we'd signed the wedding registrar. Yeah, it, it was like, it's like we had this multi-marriage where she was, you know... Part and parcel of it. Yeah, where, you know, you can now kiss the bride but and the, the dog will and lick the, you. And the dog will lick you and the dog is going to partake in the nuptials. I will just add... The dog did not stay with us. The mar- in the marital bed. On, in, the, on, in the marital on, bed or bedroom. She was looked after throughout the whole thing by my aunt and uncle. So And we were very lucky. We got married in a very special place. We got very we got married in a very big manor house in the village where we lived, just outside Chippenham and Wiltshire. Yeah, and it it's was very special. It was lovely because we actually had the whole place to ourselves and all our family there. So, so all was, the family could stay. We had like twenty odd bedrooms, people yeah. staying, and it, which it was, was fantastic. What I liked was it. We could just. It was our house f- for that time. It was for our two house. days for forty eight yeah. hours. We had this manor house, and I think I think it was special because my family, um, most of my family, are buried. I don't have a very big family on my side, do I? Most, on the on the Morel side. You know, they were all very elderly before my dad died. So literally, it's just my dad's brother. But I think the cool thing for you is the fact that you have a very big family. So you know, well, your not family, a huge family. Well, but compared yeah. to mine, it was. But yeah, it's it's a good sized family. But um, it was just it was just a, a really special time. And as I say, it was like it was our big house. And you know, weddings are weddings are one of those times where family come together. Who you, you just you just don't see these people very mm. often. So. It was nice for everyone to be sort of catching up with everyone else, and sure. you know, in the the morning after we got married, we had um, all a the tables. For, a breakfast for forty odd people. Yeah, and but all the tables were still set up from the wedding from from the night before. So you know, everyone had to sit on these large tables to have breakfast all together. Yeah, you know, sort of rather than being more separated, and that was quite nice. Yeah, I I, th- I think for me the fact that we had amazing wedding, considering we got married at the very tail end of October, we actually had a we-, we had a window of very very good weather for the day, which helped helped with the photographer and stuff. But also it made it quite atmospheric for me. Yeah, it's it's nice, like when you see the the leaves starting to change on the trees outside, and you know, sort of autumn really kicks in. It always makes makes me think about our wedding, but. Um, but the you know now we're five years down the line, you know, you think back on the wedding and you have like fond memories and stuff. But it really is just a day. Well, I, I don't know because we got married the day before, the day before the the forty ninth anniversary of my parents' wedding anniversary. So my parents would have got married the their wedding anniversary was the day after our wedding. So it would have been the 49th wedding, and my parents, if my father had lived, a 49th wedding anniversary. So for me, it wasn't just another day. It, it, it Maybe it didn't mean anything. I don't think even my mum picked up on it, but certainly I picked up on it. It was a very special time for me because I was getting married the same sort of time that my parents were getting married, almost 50 years to the day. Yeah, that that does make it quite special. But I just mean in a in a sort of more general sense that before you get married... You know, you you can pin quite a lot. I think probably more so if if you're younger, um, I would say. But you can pin a lot on a on a wedding, and you know, like you get a bridezilla, and you know everything has to be perfect, and you think of all these details. And we did have lots of little, small sort of details with our wedding and stuff. Sure. But at now we're sort of five years down the line. You, it really, it really is like just a day, 
and um you know it's more about the marriage than the wedding and obviously you don't you don't get married with the with the wedding being the main focus but um but i think just how you how you feel about marriage and, and about being married definitely changes as time goes on like the day after the week after the month after we got married the way i felt about being married is very different to how I think about it now. But I, I worried that when we got married that you would worry about losing your identity, losing your maiden name. Well, yeah, because it is, it is kind of strange when you go from, you know, you've been this person throughout your whole life to a certain point and then all of a sudden you have you have a different name. Um, but it, Well, you don't have to have a different name. It's completely up to you. Although I decided that I wanted to take Richard's surname because obviously we already had a child who had the surname and... And I like the idea of us being a family, a unit. family unit and all and all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, yeah, there was a bit of me, you know, because when you, you know, when obviously I don't Google myself, but you know, if I Googled myself, there would be things that came up that were things I'd done in the I past. Never, I never Googled you, but if you Google Chloe Morell now, what happens? Well, you have to look around a bit, but there is a mm. Chloe Morell out there. Who's a porn star. Yes. Well, She's I, a porn star. She was on some sort of, you know, topless magazine or something in the she 70s. She was a porn star. No, in the 80s and 90s, Chloe Morell was a very famous French porn star. She was a topless harlot. So, you know, you have the same name now as a porn star, which is hilarious. It's funny because people keep saying to me, "Is your wife a porn star?" And I no, go, they no. don't. They I don't do. even look anything. Seriously, like I know, but they say, "Do you know your wife's got the same name as a porn star?" And I go, "I know, it's brilliant, isn't it?" Yes. Well, um, it has happened. I work with geeks. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I sh- shouldn't have taken your name. Then maybe I should have kept my name. But maybe I should have had your name. But it's just um, you know you kind of feel like you're sort of saying goodbye to that identity as such, and um, you know just even things like signing your name differently. Was was kind of strange for me, and then you have this huge rigmarole. But the only Mrs. Morell I've ever cards. known is is my mum and my grandmother. So they're the Mrs. Morells. I've never, all of a sudden, I remember people saying Mrs. Morell. Is Mrs. Morell joining you? And I was thinking, that's my mother. And then the reader was like, no, 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 they're talking about you. I know. So yeah, it, it must be strange for you when my name changed. Yeah, it as was well. for the first few months. It really was strange. But also, you didn't change your the name on your. Obviously, you can't, once you've registered a Gmail account. So I still, all my emails, even five years after we marry, I still, on a daily basis when I email you, I still email you to your maiden name. Yes. Well, all my, uh, I have several email addresses and they all go to the same place anyway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that's another thing. You know, it's having the email address and I don't know. I, I set up the email address, I think, a little bit before we actually got married because I think... What was I doing? I, I think I'd maybe set up my iPad or something, yeah, and you I thought, to. and thought. I thought, oh, I'll just do it in my new name because I'll be having that name soon anyway. Um, but I'm really, I'm really used to it now. And are you used to people saying the name wrongly? Oh yeah. Does it wind you up as much as it winds me up? Uh, not really, because although I have this name, I don't feel like I truly own it still yet, even though... Even you've had it for five years, doesn't doesn't it annoy you that your surname... I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had you for five years, and I totally own you. Yeah. But, uh, I don't don't know, I I don't think people tend to say it Oh, I get it, I I get it, they they say, uh, Mr. Moral, Mr. Moral, and I'm like, I don't have any morals, it's morale, and they laugh, or I say, it's it's morale like the fungi... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very used to, to spelling it out, so I won't even wait for someone to say, how do you spell it? I'll, I'll spell it out. But given that my name, well, Chloe is quite a popular name now, but when I was younger, it wasn't quite so popular. So I used Try to have being to, Dick. I used to have to tell people how to spell my first name, so I'm kind of used to I'll just spell out my whole name for you. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. I'll just go through the whole thing. I, I get called... Very few people call me Richard, do they? You, my mother, you, a family call me Richard. And the children would occasionally say my name Rich, as, as Richard, but very few other people call me Richard. Do they? They always call me Dick. Well, I, I call you Dick when you're not listening. When I'm, at, when I'm at work, everyone calls me Dick. No one calls me Richard. Everyone's Dick. But that, that, Dick, that's Dickie, Dick with a Dick. lowercase d, though, they're calling you. No, no, seriously. Or my email comes to Dick, et cetera, et cetera. With a lowercase d, though. Yeah, but I quite like it in the fact that I can be this. You, you're saying about you changing your name from your original surname to mine. You know, when I leave the house, when, I, when I'm here, I'm Richard. But when I go to the office or when I'm with friends, no one calls me Richard. Everyone calls me Dick. Yeah, I, as I say, it's... And it's everyone big, has called me Dick. It's a big D capital. It's a capital D lowercase D thing, I think. <laughs> but it's almost like I, what I'm saying is I can have this spurious identity when I leave the house as well. I don't, you know... And, and, and when I come back here, when you say... You, you, you're able to say my Christian name, Richard, but in a way that makes me freeze in my tracks to think, oh, my God, what have I done now? Richard. Richard! <laughs> yeah, but I, I will call you Dick if you're not listening. If I'm saying stuff for ages and you're not paying attention, I'll just say Dick and you'll say what? Because yeah, then... I'm used to people calling me my, by my name. Yeah, but sometimes I'm saying it because you are being a dick. Hence, hence, hence that comment before of me saying, you know, if we get to that five years of marriage and now here we are. So what's changed? Come on, five years. What do you think has really changed for you in five years of marriage? Um, I, I don't know. I think as time goes on, I seem to take it more seriously. I mean, not that I didn't take it seriously anyway, but I don't know. You know, I suppose the novelty bits of, of being married wear off quite quickly. So the using a different name or having a conversation and saying, oh, my husband, my husband, um, which, which I don't know. It, it, did, it did. It did take a long time for me to get used to you being my wife I, I found it very oh yeah it's my wife's car oh no no this is my wife's this is, uh, this is my wife's dress that I'm wearing no, <laughs> quite. but you know what I mean uh, not that I wear your dresses I wouldn't they wouldn't fit not, not how do I know that I haven't tried them on I tried your skirt on the other day I tried your skirt on the other day by accident I didn't mean to try your skirt on can you just clarify for the listening audience so okay, they know so what I, I quite often wear leggings because you know it is the mum army uniform and um I'm I'm very conscious. I don't know. I have this thing where I'm wearing leggings. That you're a bit kind of exposed around the the midriff, the the middle area. So I I have these like stretchy, same kind of material as leggings, but like skirts that I wear just to sort of slightly cover some modesty or something. I don't know. I look horrific, regardless. You do and, not look horrific. And, you're um, fantastic for the, a woman of thirty-five with your legs. Wow. This is how we stay married. He gives me lots of compliments. But this skirt, so it, it it's quite short um, and it's very stretchy and it's not dissimilar to like the sort of boxer short type pants that Richard wears. And, Just tell the whole world my And I have my mountains. Like, I mean, I, mental it's, scars. It's relevant. It is relevant. I have, I have mountains of washing and stuff and it sits in these piles and I'm trying to sort it fast and I'm shoving it into drawers and things and I must have accidentally seen, had this skirt folded 
thought it was boxer shorts and, and just put it in the drawer. So the scene is set. I'm rushing to get out the door to drive the 200-odd miles to my office. And uh, I grab this pair of shorts out my drawer. You're not in the room, but I pull them on and mentally scream when all of a sudden my meat and two veg prostate out the bottom in the respect i'm thinking where's the gusset gone where's the gusset gone was there a hole there am i just really bad was there a hole there? suddenly realized that it wasn't a pair of pants it was actually your skirt that i was wearing yeah it was terrifying which is um which is kind of a comfort that it was my skirt because you also had a near miss incident with a pair of my maternity jeans my no oh with my maternity jeans yeah, yeah. Uh, but also you did have an incident where you almost put some of my pants on, which I will point out were pregnancy slash post-caesarean section pants. So they literally came like above my belly button. They were massive. It was probably easy to mistake them for a pair of I have of actually worn your knickers once to work by accident. Have you? Yeah, when I, when, when I was working. when This is after Christopher was born, and I put them on in a hurry, and I drove to, I drove, um, to a meeting... You I think I went to Farnborough. You never told me that. I know. I went to Farnborough to a meeting, and it was only when I went to the toilet. And obviously, men's we have aerodynamically designed shorts, which allow us to have quick access and quick entry for when we need to yes. to use the urinal. And it was only when I went to the toilet, I was like, "These are my pants." That's. I don't know who that's worse for, though. Is that bad for you for wearing women's underwear? But I didn't. I didn't have that sort of. Like, I, did, I, I didn't. I didn't go back into the room thinking, <laughs> "No one knows I'm wearing women's underwear." But that's what I mean. Is it bad that you did that, or is it bad that I have? Is it bad? Big, that, big, well, bad, I didn't do it again. But is it bad that I obviously have like big black pants so big? Because we are we are different sizes. So is it not bad? You on had me just had a. You had just had a baby. I had, that I had such huge huge black like cotton pants or whatever. But they're elasticated. I know, but that that's, makes me look bad. I will just point out that I I no longer own any of these. No, you're back to being big, a tiny, what tiny, tiny. What do they tiny. call them? Like apple catchers or something? Yeah, apple catchers. Yeah, I I no longer have any of those in my Thank drawers. Thank God, because otherwise I'd burn them. Yeah, I, I waited until our youngest was maybe, maybe like two and a half, so maybe like two and a half years after my caesarean, I thought maybe I don't need these. Both your caesareans. You've been through two lots of trauma to deliver children into the world. Yeah. Yes. So I, it was after the, it was like a good couple of years after the second one. I think that's the, that's the thing. Like when you're having when you have a child, but then you're you're planning to have another one, or you know, then you're in the process of having another one. So you're being pregnant, or you're just recovering from it. That you have all these clothes, and they just become your your sort of regular clothes. And then it gets to a point where you think, it, you know, oh, I don't think I can really use that as an excuse of being after the baby because it's it's two and a half years or like the other day when I was uh, sorting some stuff in a cupboard and I came across what was the changing bag I used with our youngest mm-hmm. and inside was still um, a few spare nappies as well as you know half used packs of crayons and raisins and various other things lovely and I thought to myself did you chuck the bag out uh, yeah, I, well, I chucked all the contents out. Yeah, you because the ba- I, we have enough bags in this house to sink a ship. I just thought to myself, do you know what? It's probably time to get rid of this, given that our youngest child is now four years old and at school. I, mean, I would have used that bag for a long time. I think we were very lucky that I remember when I used to go out and take Christopher out on his own or William out on his own, and you, you know, you give me a bag. Yes, and I didn't invariably then go and top it up. I'd go past the nearest Tesco's and add more nappies and more wipes to it. 
just in case he had, you know, exploding whatever. You just always panic. You'd always think, have I got enough stuff with me? You could never have enough baby wipes. I think sometimes um, having your own space makes a big difference. But um, one thing that I, I remember sort of really sort of sinking in that's different from when you're not married to when you're married is that when you're married and you have arguments and you have like a full-on argument, then then the D word gets thrown around. The D word? The D word. D word? Oh, divorce word. Yeah. We don't say divorce a lot, do we? No, no, but... I on... want a divorce. No, but you know... I, like I when think you it was have... Gwyneth Paltrow's dad who said, famously said, she asked her dad why her parents had stayed married so long and he said that it was because neither of them wants to get divorced at the same time. Yeah. But I think it does get... I mean, we don't really have, like, massive arguments. We don't. We're very but, lucky. We don't have massive arguments. But but I think when when you do, it does get thrown out there a bit sometimes. I want a divorce. Well, no, you've never said it like that, but... Listen, you've never said it. It's always me. It's always yeah, it's me. Always it's always me saying, right, I want to... That's it. Out. I want off. I think you find me I, difficult sometimes. I do find you... You are very, very headstrong. I am. You are belligerent and headstrong. I am. I hate it. It's one of your worst things. It could be you could say it's one of your best things, but it's not. It's just bloody annoying because it's usually over stupid things as well. I think that um, I, yeah, I've always been very set on something sometimes, or or if I I'm, I'm right, I'm well. It's the same with you actually. When you are right about something, you are you wouldn't speak up if you weren't 100 percent sure you were correct on it. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of the same. I think one of the things for me is that. I, I not like I would hold a grudge because that, you know, sounds kind of bad. But you don't let things go, I, and that annoys me. I would me. not let things no, go. No, but you don't let things go. And you, if we were to have a minor row about something absolutely insignificant, you hold it against me for three days. Well, I would say I used to. I don't. I don't tend to you do it. No, so well, much, I don't know. But so I, I, I find it ridiculous. Whereas. I'm on the spectrum with my Asperger's. We can have an argument. I've forgotten about it two minutes later. You have, and I find that incredibly annoying. But I do I do let stuff go more now than I used to and just get over it because, I, I don't know, I had like kind of a, like a light bulb moment once when, I don't know, we'd had an argument about something and I, I was going to sort of stay kind of huffy about it for a while afterwards. And then I just suddenly thought, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow next to this guy you know, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Realistically, how long could I actually drag this argument think, thing I off think, for? Yeah, I think you've because made it last months before. No, but yes. like, how how long oh, could I drag yes. this on for? Oh, realistically, yes. you have. There have been times in this marriage when you have not held a gun to my head, but certainly made me feel awkward for about five years. Thank you. But right. I, I, I've just kind of learnt to let stuff go a bit more now. So I'll just be like, I'll, I'll just have to be over it because I know you, like you say, it's gone and forgotten, and you can't even, even if I brought it up and detailed the exact conversation, you'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't remember it. It's, it's not really relevant now. I only remember the important things. I don't remember the crap. I don't remember the, the fluff, the, this, the detritus of life. I don't. It's not important. What's important is the journey. You don't tend to remember the the silly missteps that you took or the, the tumbles that you took. And and marriage is kind of a journey, really. And in like going back to that quote about you know changing and not changing, I think you know 
you do change. We have changed. I mean, you change as you get older, but we have changed within our relationship. I think we, you know, as time goes on, we read each other better. We know we know how to push each other's You're my buttons, shadow. But we know how to, yeah. to, to fix things. And we know we know just our expectations of each other and and also just you know we're we're quite a good team obviously we do the podcast so no no we, <laughs> we are we we are we are a good team at, at dealing with quite complex and difficult scenarios where i think this the, the more difficult the scenario to face the easier we find it i think we get caught out on the city the things that trip us up are the silly stupid things it's the silly stupid things about I don't know, time or shopping or tea bags. When you have one of those arguments about, oh yeah, well we have a thing about tea bags because Richard just keeps buying boxes of tea bags because he goes to the supermarket and thinks, oh she likes drinking tea, I'll get. Her I some drink more tea, tea as well. Yeah, but sporadically. So we end up with boxes and boxes of tea bags, which I then give away to other people who do drink a lot of tea. Yeah, of course I do. Seriously. Yeah. There are, there are people whose tea, tea needs are... You give away our tea bags? I are we going to have a row on air? You, when did you give away tea bags? Uh, quite a few times. I've even Please give, stop giving away I tea even bags. Gave, I even gave a box to your mum. Listen, you never know when there might be a nuclear winter or a famine or some massive chemical incident like Bhopal where we're, you know, we, we're, we're running short on food supplies. Do not give tea bags away. Sorry. But if it gets really bad, I'm going to eat you anyway, so... You can't eat me. I'm too hairy. We have caravans, don't we? Well, yes. Well, well we have our, our own caravan, and which we have a work caravan. So, so we so, have a family caravan for, for so the family. This, so this is why, also, we have so much tea, because you would buy... Tea for the house, and tea for the caravan, and tea, tea for the other caravan. For, for the caravan, even though... Really, you can just decant some tea bags to take. You don't need to have a whole bottle. Like this who, who year, this this year, I lived for a car- in a caravan on and off for how long? Two months, three months, two or three months. Yeah, two or three months of this year to save a commute. I took one of our caravans up to London rather than commute the two or three hours a day each way. I put a caravan on the Thames and I commuted from the caravan to the office because I dislike hotels. So that little caravan had everything that I needed in it in order to be able to survive, including boxes of tea. Yeah. And it still has more boxes of tea. As long as they stay in there. I don't mind. So I still have this caravan. We have a family caravan, but I have my caravan where occasionally I would disappear off to for the day. I have to say, that's probably another reason that why... That saves our marriage. That saves our marriage. Is I have space. That you have a space that you go off to, but also that you are away for a few days at a time every so often. Every week. Every week at the moment, uh, Most yeah. weeks I'm away for at least one or two days a week. Um, and that, Not with the caravan at this time of year, I'm afraid. Yeah. Because we're, we're sort of... You know, we're not like other couples in that, you know, we, Richard mostly works from home and I'm at home all the time as well. So we spend an incredible amount of time together. Although I have an office at the bottom of the garden, so I do hide down there as well. Yeah, but you're still, you're still there. You're still around. Sure. You know, we're but still I can be having, in there for 16 hours a day. We're still having, you know, lunch or, or Yeah, we try and have lunch and together. breakfast together or... Sneak a morning in bed or something. Which yeah, is nice so you're 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 still around. That's like, another that's another thing I think which is important within a marriage in the respect that we do make time. We're very lucky to have 
family around us who have the children or who like having the children on weekends and stuff so we probably have more weekends away than many other married couples have ever had or, or just time together but yeah we've concerts and trips and holidays and stuff we've had without the kids which have been great yeah but i think you know you always seem to need that more than i do i do it's not that i don't love my children i love our children to bits and they're the best things ever happened to us but sometimes i need to reboot the relationship because well, it's like having date night. I mean, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We, really don't, have don't, date... we don't. We don't do date nights. We do date weekends. Yeah, or we're very lucky. We do like we get the two days instead of one evening. Yeah, or or we'll have like a day and an evening. But that it's very important because that reminds you of you, you know, sort of. I, I like going to I like going to a restaurant with my wife without the children there. You dressing up, looking fantastic. I love getting into a crisp hotel bed with you, alone, no dog, no children about to run in. You know, to have that quiet time to wake up in a different hotel with you, it's fantastic. And then, can we put the kids up for adoption? Is that what you do? Just do that? No, joking. And then, you know, at the end of the hotel stay, roll up the duvet into a big penis. Yes, of course. I think you should all do that. All copy my example and probably get arrested in the meantime. But I think that's important. We do make time during the week, you know, if the kids aren't around, to just go back to bed for the morning for half an hour, an hour or whatever. Just, and I think that's important that you have this reconnection. You have this ability to read each other and the ability to... It's almost like a glue, isn't it? Yeah, but that's that's the thing because you... You know, when you have children, it, it does change things. Um, but I you don't know. You can't have those long lie-in mornings anymore. Yeah, but you know, now we're we're married and it's five years Middle down aged. the line, and you know, we're just um, I don't know. It's just it's just a, a good sort of period of time to be really like starting to make our way. I guess I, I think the first few years is that novelty and it's working out what does what does marriage mean for you. As as your identity, but also what does it mean for you as a couple, mm. and where do you and I where do you it, move I've, forward? I've always been quite honest about the whole aggravation thing and the respect that I don't know. I I take the marriage very seriously, but I also like the fact that I can say, "Oh, my wife is coming to see me," or "Or that's my wife's." Or you're very proud of me. I am. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Um, and I like the fact that we're a family unit with the same name, and I like the fact that we can argue about stupid shit and it doesn't matter. So if you've been listening to the podcast and you are long-term married, maybe you've got some tips for us, maybe some things that you do, or maybe things that we should do. Or if you're divorced, what did you do wrong? What did you do wrong? Or maybe something someone did something wrong to you. Leave some comments on the Facebook page. Yes, you can find us. Just search for Not Quite the Afterglow or one word. Thank you for listening to episode eight. Be back next week for number nine. Thanks for listening. See you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device. If you are an Android user, we recommend using CastBox, available free from the Google Play Store. Find us on Facebook. Search Not Quite the Afterglow.